Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Get What It podcast. Today, I have with me Whitney Cathcart. You Did you see that total delay there? I was like, Cathcart. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. You, hit it. you, got, it, you got it right because it gets butchered. Uh, and I have a tendency to do that to butcher the last name so that's why I was always double check so Mm -hmm. um even with the smith you know you just say is the smith (laughs) it's easy to do because in this day and age you don't know if that's truly how it's said so all right so um Whitney we want to hear all about your background and how you got where you are and your journey and all that good jazz but um, I see it's sunny. So um, where where are you? You know, I am right now. I happen to be down in Florida for a couple. Mm. Of days. Oh, really? Oh, that's a hard life. What a vacation? No, working hard. I've, I'm <laughs> on the East Coast because we're onboarding some um, two new people. And uh, I was up in New York last week, and my mom is down here. So down here working for a couple of weeks and then I'm going to head back up to New York and then I'll be back out in San Francisco. Okay. All right. So you're visiting mom. I'm visiting mom. Oh, it looks beautiful. It's probably really warm there too, isn't it? You know, I, it feels pretty humid and I have to say I haven't been outside much. I've only been here a couple of days and it's been the work week. So it it is um, certainly warmer than it was uh, in New York early part of last week. Yes. So um, this is being taped in April and uh, there was snow today. I'm we're in Ohio here and uh, there was snow and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> well, it's interesting because when I left New York um, a couple of days ago, it was, I think it was in the seventies. I mean, yeah, it, it's been beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. a lot of our weather goes your way. So Ohio right into Pennsylvania, New York. And so, so don't head home anytime soon because you're going to get snow. <laughs> well, I haven't, I've only seen snow in, in San Francisco, I don't know, maybe twice in 20 in something years. Oh, I meant when you go to New York. Yeah. There. yeah. Well, you know, New York in, in April can, it can go either way. It can be magnificent and it, I've been there in snow, so. It can be miserable. So, all right. So take it away, girl. We want to we know your background. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I spent almost three decades in the, you know, apparel industry. I've always been on the manufacturing side, I um, business side, merchant, um, and started in New York in the late 80s and uh, kind of made my way to California and have been there for a couple of decades. Been there almost, gosh, 20, 25 years now. Um, and, uh, I made my way into tech in, I left kind of the other side of the industry, as I call it back in 2015. 
And honestly, I was living on air on airplanes and living in hotels. And I think 2013 and 14, I was averaging around 250 nights a year in a hotel. I just, you know, living in the Bay Area, surrounded by technology, super interested, you know, was working in 3D with uh, one of the big retailers that we were working with back then. I was um, president of a company, manufacturing company, and we made a lot of private label um, for a lot of, you know, big, big name retailers um, in the US. We were doing celebrity licensing and so on. And honestly, I was just kind of burnt out and really felt like, okay, I'd spent, you know, almost 30 years in the industry. And where did I want to spend kind of the back half of my life? And I knew I wanted to do something that was really going to bring an industry that I love so much into the future. And I literally just, you know, crossed the line, left. People thought I was nuts. I had a great job, worked for a great company. Um, And I did a deep dive. I consulted for a couple of years. I did a deep dive in tech. I took courses in AI through MIT. And I was really into AR and VR and looking at 3D technologies. And um, I spent a couple of years doing that. And I was looking at kind of what is the future of the apparel industry? Really, like I was looking 10 years out. Where did I think that would land? Um, Spatial computing, all sorts of stuff. And it took me through... I was kind of building a model that looked at kind of the inception of how a garment is created, designed, all the way through fit tech, through manufacturing, through distribution. So everything that was kind of going on and where, you know, I thought it might be going. And and I was talking to, you know, just amazing technologists and startups around the world. And I was, I spent a couple of months doing a deep dive in fit technology. You know, I had clients that were, you know, building direct to consumer brands. Um, And so one of the things across that kind of journey, um, I met 3D Look, I met my co-founder Vadim, and they were very, very early on and he was out in the Bay Area. And um, I really loved the technology. It was, you know, mobile first, even though back then, you know, it was like a barely working MVP <laughs> product. But I really, first of all, he was a great guy. and We got along great, but I loved kind of his vision for, you know, where he thought it would go. And um, it was a mobile first product. It was, um, you know, it was building 3D avatars. It was kind of what I was super interested in. And for me, it was like a data play. And I realized that if he could actually, you know, build this thing and get accurate enough that the data that it would produce to brands about what their customers actually look like was one of the biggest problems that we had always had in manufacturing, which is, you know, you're making product to really a vision of the designer at the moment. Or, or what the brand is telling you. But really, the brand didn't know what the customers looked like. It was all based on historical data back then. Um, and so for me, I really saw an opportunity there, not just to kind of change the customer experience. I Look, you could see e-com rates were already going up, even though it was still a pretty mm-hmm. small percent of total retail at that time. There was no doubt in my mind that that number eventually was going to flip. And, um, and so... That opportunity to, you know, come in and and work with an early stage company. I came in as an advisor and then pretty quickly was like, you know, let's formalize this. You know, you're going to need 
somebody who speaks the language and understands, you know, the industry and, and really understands the opportunity to use data to not just help consumers have better fit experiences, but also to help brands understand what the consumers look like so you could make better fitting product in the first place. Okay. That's a lot. There's a lot. That's a lot. We, we got to break this down. So every woman loves clothes, right? So yep. do you do shoes too? Mm-hmm. Have you done yeah. shoes? Yeah. Oh. We get asked that question all the time. It's, it's a different, it, it's a different, it would, it's a different technology. It's a different way of, of looking at it. And we've got plenty of opportunity in bodies alone. I get you. Okay. But so boy, just shoes are hard to buy online. Yes. Yes, they are. So I totally agree with you. And I want to dive more into this. So, um, right. We have like our, our big JC pennies and Macy's and Hudson's. I don't, that shows you my age, right. Um, closing, right. Big brands closing because everything is online. Right. And you, so I worked at the gap. Um, I was, um, infrastructure team and total switch, right. It was about that 2015, 2016, where people bought online. It, it, it was easy. It's convenient. It's convenient. And, and certainly COVID shown us all that, right? I mean, and now we had COVID. <laughs> I mean, I, timing couldn't have been better actually for us, really. Couldn't have scripted a global pandemic to accelerate, you know, our success this year. But yeah, so it's interesting when you think back at like all these legacy retailers that have been closing doors for years, even before COVID. But you know, I look back to kind of 2007 and eight when iPhone really was launched, right? So you had all these kind of amazing new platforms built on iOS that didn't exist before that time. And um, I, a lot of what I attribute to it was what I saw back in 2010 and my kids were like, I don't know, sixth grade, fifth grade, seventh grade, something like that back then. But I was traveling so much that they had phones and just the way they were kind of engaging with phones. Like it was obvious to me that something big was going to happen. And so, yes, were we overstored and all those things, of course. But when you started to look at kind of the social media platforms that were built on top of that, and certainly if you look at kind of what Instagram has done to shopping over the last couple of years, anybody can build a brand kind of overnight, right? You can figure out your manufacturing you can launch something quickly on Instagram and have a real authentic dialogue with the consumer. That whole authenticity began to be lost in, in over that decade. And, and, and the shift to online while it was slow, I think for some reason took people by surprise. I mean, you kind of, you were looking kind of peeking around corners and you had your eyes open. I'm not sure why it was such a surprise to retailers, but you know, look, there's a lot of legacy in, in retail and people don't like to change and the industry is archaic. And, you know, if when in 2015, I was looking at like arrow and auto. I mean, these, these industries had pioneered 3d decades ago and we were so far behind. So there was like big opportunity there, but you know, econ, there was a lot of shift to digital in general that has been responsible for either you're changing or you're going out of business. 
Right. And we'll oh, see definitely. more of that. I mean, we're not going backwards in technology. I'm not suggesting that we're not going to go shop in stores again, but we're not going backwards. The world moves forward in tech and you've got generations that were digital anyway. So if, if this was going to happen. It's just happened faster. So what it, 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 you said it's an app? No. So, well, no, actually. So our technology, our core technology, yeah. very simply measures the human body from two photos taken on a smartphone, any smartphone. Um, we build it. Are from- you like naked? <laughs> No, you, we, we, you are not. Um, oh, and that right. was actually one of our, you know, from day one, we were going to develop a user experience that did not require anybody to have to take off clothes or get down to their, you know, their undies, um, that it was going to be built on people wearing tight fitted clothes. So, you know, I'm in kind of leggings and long sleeve t-shirt today, denim t-shirt, but, you know, we didn't want to have to put too much pressure on the user experience and certainly having people, you know, get naked didn't make sense or, you know, get Do you get people who ask that question? Yeah. yeah I mean, I think over the years as, as we've launched with brands, we've certainly gotten, gotten better in the user experience about explaining to customers right up front. Like we don't actually, we don't even keep photos. So this whole oh. processing time happens very quickly. I mean, the whole thing is about 30 seconds. So in that 30 seconds from the front and the side photo, we build a 3D avatar of you. And if you can imagine, once you have an avatar, you could compute hundreds of measurements. We compute over 80 right now. Um, and then the photos are deleted. And all we care about is kind of the body data behind it. And what we do there, so if you, you know, you're shopping on your favorite website, right? And you want to buy that cute white sweater that you're wearing right now. And you don't know, you know, what size am I? Because there's no standardization and every brand's got different sizing. And then you've got vanity sizing, right? There's, it's, sizing has gotten crazy over the decades. And so you go on, you look at that cute white sweater. There's a little link there that says, you know, get your fit. You click it and it opens right up in your mobile device. So there's no downloading of an app or not taking you away from the website that you're on. You snap your front and side photo. And then on the back end, what we're doing is we're looking at your body data and we're mapping it to that brand fit. So that sweater fit. So what we're doing is we're matching you to the way the brand designed that garment and fit that garment. I'm, I'm giving it very simplicity sim, in a very simple. Oh, we need it. We need a very simple girl. Yeah, <laughs> and patterns. And I mean, people really underestimate the complexity and the engineering behind a garment. Really? Um, yeah, it's really complex. The whole thing and how many people touch a garment in the entire manufacturing process. Um, it's much more complex than people think. Um, and, you know, I always tell our engineering team, like, you know, you, you underestimate it. I mean, you guys build algor- code algorithms and they do all this amazing stuff, right? But actually making garment isn't simple. Um, and because there's no standardization, it's confusing to figure out what size to buy online. So we do that from your front and side photo. Okay, so if, okay, can, can we make a fake scenario? I don't know if this is, so um, let's see, let's say, um, I don't know who a distributor or who, who would, let me just do a general one, like the gap. Is that, is that, so if I'm on the website, 
Okay. Yeah. So you go to gap.com, your, you know, women t-shirts, you get your, to your product page and on the product page is usually, you know, there's a picture of the product or 10 mm-hmm. pictures, however the brand's doing it. You know, every website looks different. Um, and they've usually got a size chart and maybe they've got like the model. This model is five foot 10 wearing a size two. Zero. Two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm not suggesting Gap does that, but most brands do. And, you know, and then I get off that website and I go have a glass of wine and feel bad about myself. (laughs) Well, okay, I'm five foot three, right? So I'm really short. This lady's five foot eight. How am I supposed to, and like, I'm an expert at this, right? And then, you know, if you, if you want, you click into a size chart and then there's a bunch of data there, which assumes that the consumer knows exactly where the brand's measuring and maybe knows their measurements. And if they don't, do they have a measuring tape at home? Consumers measuring themselves is is not consistent, not accurate. And again, there's a lot of complexity that goes into the garment in the manufacturing process. So, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, we're essentially taking that away. There's just a little button there that says, get your fit. You know, it can be personalized to the brand to get, you know, my, my unique size. Um, And the consumer just clicks that button. It's just like clicking a size chart, but you click that button and you, you get, it opens right up and it just, we guide you through it. It's a, you know, it's a series of little GIFs and, cute instructions. And if you've got somebody with you, they can snap that front and side photo. If you're by yourself, like most, a lot of people were over COVID, we actually launched a voice controlled um, opportunity. So you just literally, you put your phone on your desk next to whatever you have sitting there, you pulled it up like that. And we voice control you through that front and side photo. It takes literally takes like 30 seconds. Wow. Really? Yep. And then you see, your unique size is we recommend and your size. So I don't know your t-shirts, it depends on how the brand sizes it. If it's alpha, so, or numeric, right. You know, that gets into the claim. Is it an SML? Is it, you know, two, four, six, eight depends on the, the garment and the fabric. So are, is this quick fix or your unique fit? on all major brands or is it like limited? So we can't, we can't, we launched our first customer in the fall of 2019. Um, We've got over 70 customers that range from, you know, small SMBs to, you know, some of the world's, you know, biggest retailers. Um, We launched several over COVID, which was really exciting. We've been very busy over COVID. some of the, some of the biggest brands out there are using 3D look, um, and uh, we launched in store with a big brand. So they had it's a big men's fashion um, retailer here in the U.S. and they have several brands underneath them, um, and they have a big rental business. And over COVID, one of the problems they had is as stores began to open last summer. How are they going to, because one of the things they do is they manually measure their customers to give them a suit. So how do we serve our customers in a way that makes them feel safe? So basically contactless measuring. Okay, well, that's like our core technology. We're digital measuring it. Like that's the most simple thing we do. 
Um, and so we actually, uh, we put, they store associates all have iPads and we put our measuring uh, technology on the store associates iPad. So you go into these brands, it's two different brands, actually three now, because we just moved into Canada as well. But you go into the store, the store associate snaps your front inside photo. They get specific measurements that are relevant to their brands. And with those measurements, they're able to put people in the right size suit. Oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's really cool. Well, I so think lots of things you can do with that core <laughs> technology, right? The other thing that I'm really proud that we did over COVID was we all of a sudden saw all this inbound from literally like small mom and pop shops, like custom companies that custom suiting companies that have been in business for 30 years, 40 years, and they had really loyal customers. They weren't big. They weren't big enterprise companies, but there was an opportunity there. They couldn't do business over COVID. They just, there was no way for them to physically touch people. Um, some of these companies didn't even have digital footprints. So we, our product team, we saw this opportunity very quickly in our product team, much to their credit, actually built a plug and play product called Mobile Tailor, where you go to our website, you literally sign up, you build an account. So if I'm, you know, Whitney's custom, you know, whatever dress shop, I am able to send via email or via text message, a link to all of my customers, they get a little text message that say, hi, it's, you know, Whitney's wedding shop, and I'm going to get your measurements and just scan yourself. So you're already getting, you, you already know you're buying something custom, right? And so you know, somebody has to measure you. So we were literally just virtualizing that whole experience. And, um, you know, we quickly scaled, I think we had like 50 customers within like two months. And I'm really proud of that, because in a lot of ways, we were able to enable these shops to stay in business and to still serve their customers in a digital way that just didn't ever exist before. I didn't even think about like the, the, the small business and most wedding, like if you're going to get a wedding dress, right? That's, that's a lot of yeah. those are. We just launched, we just launched, um, March 1st, actually with a, um, it's, um, men's wedding. They do like, they rent groomsmen. So, you know, you have your wedding party and they work with thousands of small mom and pop retailers across the country. And we, we, we just launched with them in March. So really, really, if you think about it, I'm a groomsman and I've got, you know, whatever, five, seven, 10, however many people you have in your wedding party, all those people have to be measured to figure out what size to be renting for the day. So we're taking care of that. So people don't even have to go into the stores. Just to go pick up their goods. It's like, you're the wedding party here and give us, you know, here are the names. And this is all managed through the the brand, right? So again, it's all anonymized to us, but the brand knows who the groom is. The brand knows who the groomsmen are because they have to send the garments to them. And they literally, they get a text message. They can, you know, snap two photos from their home. So there's not like, you think about, you're taking that like, process of I, I have to go meet up with somebody at the store on a day and get better and blah, 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 blah. So, so yeah, it's pretty cool. That's very cool. I love yeah, that. Big opportunity. You just think it all like fit 
affects all of us. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's if it's custom, if it's men's, if it's women's, if it's you know t-shirts, if it's denim. Our first customer was a women's denim company, a e-com <laughs> direct to consumer. What is the hardest thing for us to buy online other than shoes? Je- jeans. Jeans. Yeah. We decreased their return rates by 30% in the last year. Really? That's what I was going to ask you. So these places that you work with, what sort of, I mean, I'm assuming they've seen massive benefits as far as the returns and conversions, um, engagement, AOV. So the amount that the consumers are actually spending, and it's all based on, I feel like this is personalized to my actual body. Because the whole goal here is, you know, I mean, this feeds into sustainability. We've talked about this for hours, but like thinking about carbon footprint, right? The amount of waste the apparel industry contributes to to our planet is, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that feeds into why you're going to reduce return rates, right? Sustainability, uh, waste, business models, traditional... Traditional brands cannot sustain return rates that e-com is producing today as people have so quickly migrated to digital. So, you know, you're talking about in-store, you know, brick and mortar return rates. You know, they used to be, look, in my day growing up, 8%, 6%, 9%. You're talking in e-com. I mean, we've got brands that we've spoken to that have upwards of 60% in return rates. So a traditional business model is just not set up for that. So reducing returns is good for business. It's good for the planet. It produces a happier customer. This whole like habit of, okay, I don't know what size I am. So I'll just buy, you know, three sizes. Right. I'll use my bedroom as a dressing room and I'll just return what doesn't fit. It's still, it's a pain in the neck for us to you know, you have to get the um, the return, you have to print mm-hmm. it. A lot of brands, why are you returning? You know, are you faking that? You're just checking the box just to get the whole thing done with. You have to pack it up, tape it up, take it into your building or go to FedEx or UPS or whatever it might be, but it's a pain in the neck. So in 30 seconds, we can help reduce that behavior. And um, those brands probably love that because- the process of returns and and I just saw this on my side when I worked at the gap, right? Where I worked, the infrastructure team was at a, a distribution center and they had a whole footprint of just return. <laughs> and imagine like it's returned, it's sitting on the shelf. It has to be resold again. Depending mm-hmm. on the customer and there's, I don't know, you know, certain brands have 30 day return policy, certain have 10, many have, you know, much, much more than that. Many brands just, you know, will take things back. So, you know, how much are you selling of your inventory at full price? You know, right. So that's the other problem. So again, that's on the business model side. It's just, it's true. It's unsustainable. And so as we move more and more to online, it really, it impacts the bottom line in a huge way. Yeah, definitely. So um, normally I, I, and you've already answered it. I'm like, so how has COVID, and shockingly enough, girl, you ready for this? 
a lot of people that I've talked to, COVID actually has helped their business because it makes people think in a digital manner rather than like how we have in the past. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think if you were in digital in many, many sectors, I mean, look at Zoom, look at, at how many companies have IPO, look at so much funding going into digital technologies over the last year. It's, it's amazing. A lot of, you know, even outside of like 3D look, but a lot of startups that, you know, we saw a couple of years ago that, you know, people just didn't even understand mm-hmm. are totally funded over COVID. So it's pretty, I mean, look, it's cool to see again, I, I it was going to happen anyway, but there are a lot of companies that if you were building something that was going to bring efficiency and, and simplicity to sitting at home, you know, life has been pretty good for you in the last year. Yeah. So, um, taught consumers too, right? Like, uh, you know, and again, it's not to say we're not going to go back and do things in person, but you know, life, our lives are so crazy right now. And, And the more, you know, our phones and meetings and computers. So it's about like, how do we take all this stress out of life? So we have more time to do things we love to spend time with our families and things like that. So, you know, these digital technologies do that they bring efficiency to our lives. And I think it's gonna be really interesting when this is kind of over, you know, how much of it, you know, continues to move forward and, you know, what are our habits going to look like in six months and in 12 months and in 24 months? A lot different. I can tell you. <laughs> I agree. Um, okay. So um, I forgot to tell you, I like to go down rabbit holes sometimes. Okay. It happens. So what, um, when you're not being this like fabulous woman doing your all your business stuff what do you do for fun oh gosh well I'm spending a lot of time on business right now (laughs) (laughs) which has been a good thing um made us really productive this year because we're spending too much time in front of our computers but you know I I love the outside um you know I hike I I get out there and I you know run and a little bit I do more hiking than I do running these days um, I've spent a lot of time with my family this last year, which has really been amazing. I have um, two adult children and um, spending time with your 20 year olds has, it's like not supposed to happen. Like you're not supposed to spend this much time with them, but for me to see them operate in like the real world and listen to them on conference calls and pitching and presenting has been really, I don't know, special. So that's, you know, that's been amazing work from wherever you are, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, enabled a lot of people to, you know, get in cars or, and travel. So I've actually, I've spent time in different States doing things that frankly, we didn't have COVID. I would have been on airplanes flying from retailer to retailer. And so it's, you know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, being able to be in different places and enjoy different environments. I was in the mountains last summer and they said I was in New York a couple of weeks ago. I've spent some time with my mother, like more time than I ever would have spent without COVID. Uh, so, and I'm yeah. sure she appreciates that. 
she does appreciate it. I think it's been amazing for her to kind of see like, oh my gosh, this is what it's like to like, you know, be in a startup and be a founder and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do your kids work for you? No, they don't. My daughter has no interest. Um, she's in law, pre-law. Uh, my son is a, he's on the you know, financial side. He's an analyst. Um, so no, uh, they don't. And I'm not oh. sure. I'm not sure I'd bring them in. But <laughs> My son actually did some modeling for us really early on, like about four years ago. But, um, but you know, we've got a, a really awesome finance team, but he, he's doing other stuff. Oh, all right. I didn't know if you were like sucked them in. <laughs> no, I didn't. But you know, by default, they're sucked in because it's it. You know, being a startup founder, it is your life, which is you know, it it it's why you have to really be passionate and believe in it because it it is your life. Like, do I love to do all these other things? Absolutely, but it's your life, and you are you're working sixteen, seventeen hour days consistently, five days a week. You know, it's a lot. It's not not that much on weekends, but you are definitely putting in hours on weekends, and so you have to really be passionate about it. Definitely, definitely. But you're saying you met your partner, correct? Yeah. So they were. I have three co-founders. They're all techie. Um, they were, you know, about a year in. So you know, the company was small. I mean, I can't remember, but you know, we were under ten people when I met them. So we've all been together. The company is going to be five next month. um, And I joined them about a year in. So we've all been together now four years. And it's really been an amazing ride. We've got, got, we're pushing 90 employees now. Wow. We have like tripled that over COVID. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. I mean, I'm sure. Um, Was was that a, like a, I don't want to say panic moment, but... Was that like a, I like to call it the oh shit moment where you're like, oh, this is really happening and we're about to get slammed. Yeah, it's, um, I wouldn't say panic was it. It was actually exciting. It, I mean, it was hard. There's, you know, scaling is, is, you know, not simple, but there was an excitement to it because you had customers that, first of all, our early customers, we were far enough into it with them that we were beginning to see value that we were delivering. So kind of the hypothesis, we were being able to prove out an early use case. And then it was our like first enterprise client, like true big, you know, big, big companies. And it, so, yes, it was super crazy, um, but it was also exciting. And, um, you know, I mean, look, hiring is difficult and, you know, you want to bring in the right mm-hmm. people and, you know, there's always going to be some amount of churn, but it was, you know, I look back on last kind of March, April, May, June, it was excitement, you know, cause you were like, Oh my God, like, geez, we've actually got something here. Um, so it was, it's, it, it's, I mean, it's been a wild ride. This last year has been wild. And this that's year is good. going to be even more wild. So that's exciting. good. Yes, that's good. What, um, so where do you think, like, what do you see the future? Yeah, so that's a great question because there are many opportunities there. You know, our vision from day one was to, you know, build kind of a mobile digital passport so that all consumers around the planet eventually would be able to have their body data, 
their um, their avatars in their pockets, right? And be able to use that data to personalize um, anything that they're doing. Sorry, my mom just walked in here. Hi, mom. <laughs> Say hi, mom. Hi. <laughs> I'm leaving. Bye, mom. Bye. Um, we love surprise guests. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she just came in with her curlers. Moms, there's their Oh, God, love her. Uh, but really, like, how do we think about, like, being able to use this and in anything that requires personalization, right? So, like, what's the future of, um, you know, personalized furniture? How about gaming? Um, and we actually, interestingly enough, have a customer who is in a, building a stealth company that is intersecting fashion and gaming which is going to be really cool. They're launching in um, January of 22. Uh, we also have one. We have one of the largest mattress manufacturers in Europe. So kind of think about kind of the Casper of Europe and they're looking at the future of sleep, right? So how are you personalizing sleep and creating mattresses based on your body data? So that's always been a vision. Our focus right now is, is apparel, obviously. And there's, it's such, I mean, it's $3 trillion industry. I mean, E-com is projected to, in fashion, e-com about a trillion dollars over the next couple of years. So the if you think about scale, it can be scary because there's so much stuff we can do. Um, the other thing that we're going to be launching in a couple of weeks is a try-on. So it's this idea of see what it looks like on me and get your size recommendation based on your body. So you go onto that Gap website that you were talking about and you look at that cute white sweater and you actually get to try it on virtually. And so there's enormous opportunity there. And we How would that work? The Wait, is this on your avatar? It's on, so it's, it's on you. So it, it's you, it looks like you. So, but what we're doing on the back end is we we identify key points on your body. That's our core technology, and that's how we create the three D model. Most consumers don't want to see their own avatar. It's kind of, and we've done a lot of um, studying around this. But like, give me something that looks like me, but do I really look like that? So it gets into kind of the psychology around fashion. Um, so what we're doing is we're using your 3D model in the back end. We're, you know, we're doing all the sophisticated modeling and algorithms to get that white sweater to look good on your, on your body, but you're seeing yourself and it's really cool. And I'm super excited about it. Um, it's called try look. It was a technology we had actually developed a couple of years ago, but we've been so focused on accuracy in our 3D model generation over the last, you know, 18 months because we knew at the end of the day, accuracy was going to, you know, be everything. And, you know, we needed, you know, we were a small team a year and a half ago, even a year ago this time, we were only beginning to, you know, scale. Um, so we, we, part of our fundraising was to kind of bring this back to life and, you know, be able to pull our R&D team and split it in half. So super excited about that. So that's something that is, you know, that we're, we'll be launching and announcing over the next couple of months. That's exciting. Um, so you said accuracy. So how do, how do you, cause you said everybody, all sizes are different, right? Like I could go one place, it'd be one and I could go somewhere yeah. else and it could be somewhere else. In some brands you could wear multiple sizes. 
you know, oh. like there's one of the biggest brands, I'm not going to name who they are, but one of the biggest retailers brands on the planet, I wear four sizes in four, like ridiculous. Really? So how does that all work? I mean, I'm assuming you have like this really sophisticated algorithm. Yeah, that yeah. So we'll work with the brand, and we get uh, we get specific data that we need to feed our algorithm. So again, it's you know it's the whole idea. There's no standardization standardization in sizing, and and we're not moving to a world of oh, let's standardize thing. I mean, just look at advertising out there. Everything is about inclusivity, and you know, Mm -hmm. and understanding my unique body, and that's what we've been about since day one. We're not interested in like looking at a database of avatars that kind of look like you. We're, we're interested in how do we ultimately bring an industry into a world where you're no longer a number or, or labeled a, a size. So you're not a letter, like are you an SML, XL, whatever it is, or a number, but you're, you're you and I'm me and, and the world will get there. It's not, that's not an overnight thing because so much needs to happen, but there are Big brands working on it. One of our earliest customers is actually a direct-to-consumer customization brand. You go onto her website. She sells women's clothing. And it's not even expand. It's not like it's thousands of SKUs. She's very focused. She has an amazing dialogue with her um, customer base. And you go on, you pick the product you want, you check out, you buy it. 3D look is sitting behind it. You don't even know we're there. You get a text message from her. You scan yourself we return the measurements to her. She gets them automatically. And then she's customizing the pattern for you. She cuts it and sews it. She's got an on-demand supply chain and she delivers it to you in seven days. How was that even possible? That's where where (laughs) this is all going. I mean, that's where it's going. And there are a lot of really smart people that are building on-demand factories. Some exist, but it's, it's, if you think about it, it's like, how do we build things closer to home, right? Like in the nineties mm-hmm. and two thousand, you know, when I started in the industry, we did a lot of manufacturing in the U.S. and all that shifted um, in the in the nineties and the two thousands. And you know, there's a real effort to bring that back here. And there are some incredible people that are working on doing that right now and building factories locally um, that will produce products based on your body. I mean, look. You look at Amazon, they're already doing it, right? They announced that a couple of months ago. Um, but there are company, there are factories that some of them are up and running already. And, and there's some that are in the works um, that, you know, we've partnered with and really excited about the kind of that on demand piece. That's another wow. piece in the future. Damn, that good for that designer. Yeah. Man, oh man. Yeah, she came out of retail. She came out of retail and she was like, my, this, like, this whole fit thing is really complex and I'm going to do something different. I mean, she actually, she's, there are other, I mean, there, she's not alone in this. Um, her vision though, early on, I mean, she's really one of the pioneers of being actually able to show big brands that, you know what, it is possible. But again, she built her model digitally from day one, a little bit different than going to like a Goliath, like gap and saying, okay, you guys have been in business for, you know, gosh, how many years, 50, how many decades, many, many, many decades. 
and you're taking that monster company and digitizing it. It's not a simple process, right? It's a mindset. It's a, it's a, it's a change in process. It's bringing in people that understand digital. It's, it's very complex. So what's your role? Other than founder. (laughs) I, I, I straddle many things. I, you know, sales, customer success, all this is changing now. We just raised our series A round a couple and closed that a couple of weeks ago, actually. So, um, and that was kind of all part of our strategy. Uh, So I'm just onboarding a VP of sales and a VP of customer success. So looking forward to like having people that are strictly focused on that. Um, I've been, you know, I spend a lot of time on sales, um, you know, customer development, understanding the product. Um, I spend a lot of time, you know, talking to folks like you doing podcasts, helping our marketing team, um, working with our product team. I mean, it's actually probably in my whole career, really the most exciting because I do not do the same thing on any day in in any given hour of the day. So, you know, you have to kind of manage the stress of, you know, being able to literally shift from like, okay, investment, like fundraising to, okay, well now it's a sales call to, okay, we have a problem with the customer or um, product, you know, needs something, or I have to look at something, you know, you, you have to be okay with living in chaos um, but I love chaos. <laughs> yeah, I operate in chaos. I had a boss that that told me once, um, you you literally operate in chaos. Like you mm-hmm. sell in chaos. <laughs> it's not for everybody, you know. But I happen to love it. So this role for me has been great. Um, I'm really focused on like future and strategy, and I'm excited to be able to spend more time with that after we get these folks onboarded. Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there and, you know, I have like a partnership spreadsheet that's, I don't even know, 15 different tabs of each tab represents kind of a different sector that, you know, I want us to be in. And now it's like, okay, do you go across it all? Do you go into one narrow? So, um, so it's pretty exciting. That's exciting. So, um, what's the URL? Right. You said there was a website that people. Yeah. So you can go to our website, 3dlook.me and check out what we do, who we are. You'll see some of our customers on there. So some of the names that I'm not mentioning now, just (laughs) like my PR team will call me and be like, yeah, you know, talk about them, whatever. But they're on the website. I guess they're on the website. I can talk about them. Um, But yeah, 3dlook.me and for, you know, the mobile tailor, which is the measuring it's there's, you just go to mobile tailor and you can actually demo everything. Um, We've got links to customers. So you can actually go to some of our customers' websites and actually test drive the product. Um, But yeah, 3dlook.me gives you kind of all the information about who we are and our different products. We, we have a, also a product for the uniform industry, which is really interesting because the uniform sector over COVID, the way you get put in a uniform is you go to a physical measuring event and somebody takes out a tape measure and mm-hmm. you also put on, you know, they'll roll in a rack of, of, you know, here's the, here's the uniform and here are the sizes and try it on. Well, you can't do that over COVID. So we have literally virtualized that entire process. And that's also been a huge area of growth for us. So 
were really focused on uniforms, really focused on fashion, um, made to measure, on-demand manufacturing. Um, yeah. Wow. Lots, but you're right. I mean, it all at 3dlook.me. 3dlook.me. Yes. All right. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to, I'm going to snapshot myself. <laughs> and go to some of our customers' websites and you, you know, you see the actual like process. You'll get a fit recommendation. That's, we've done that's, amazing customers. We have some of our customers are just, they've been amazing partners and they're, I mean, we have customers again, like in denim and, you know, casual and, you know, high fashion in, in suiting, um, in, in just a range of stuff. And it's amazing. That's awesome. Well, girl, you're fabulous. And I wish you so much um, luck. It sounds like you're going to be very, very busy in the upcoming year. <laughs> we have our 21 is been really busy and our, you know, where we're, I mean, gosh, it's April 1st already. Mm-hmm. Right. Already. My, my brain is in December. <laughs> we're looking at financial projections and wow, this year is like a, last year was a rocket ship that, you know, was kind of going like that. And this year, I feel like we're just going straight up. So that's great. Of that. stuff. Yeah. Well, it's been great to meet you and thanks for nice the awesome conversation and questions. I loved everything and um, I'm going to post your website. And if anybody um, listening in our community wants to get more information, I'll make sure your, your PR people get bombarded and not yeah, just go, to our, <laughs> go to our website and it's everything's right there. And we'll find you if you come to our website. There uh, we go. Even better. We will yeah. find you. Because <laughs> yeah, we want to work with you. That's right. So this was great. Thank you Whitney, for taking the time and chatting with us today. It means a lot that you took the out of your busy schedule. <laughs> it's a real pleasure to actually have wind down like this. <laughs> day is over, but to actually take an hour and have, just have a nice conversation like this. So no pressure on I here. You find this conversation. Yes. And, and we got a high from mom. So I'm going to give a big, you know, high five to my mom. <laughs> Tell her she made the podcast. <laughs> I will. We love it. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.